Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. the sanctuary you're listening to dc radio 96.3 and hd4 and dcradio.gov my name is wendy cherry and i am the host of the sanctuary so welcome in welcome in come on in we're going to have an awesome show today talking about the year of the return ghana so let's just think about this for a second i have some awesome guests in here and i'm going to bring them in in a minute but i want to kind of set the stage of what we're talking about here so so many of us here in the in the um in the uh in north america we have been talked about told about slaves it's sort of like a blanket slaves the slaves right they have never ever um let us know the human side they have never said that these people were human beings that were kidnapped right so let's set this let's set this the stage so that we know who we're talking about. Imagine you are sitting in your home watching TV, you just finished dinner and you are enjoying your family, right? Someone comes in to your home unannounced, knocks your door down and tells you you got to come with them, but you don't understand the language. So they are pulling you out of your home. You're kicking and screaming. Your husband wasn't home. You were just there with the children. So let's say from a female perspective, these people are kicking you and then they are um, like binding you up with whatever they're binding you up with. You don't know where your husband is. Your children are crying because they're seeing your mom. You're trying to be calm, right? So then they take you to a place. You don't have any idea where this is. The other people around you, you don't recognize them. Everybody's screaming. Everybody's uncomfortable. Everybody's afraid. There's crying. There's babies crying. There's grown folks crying. And you're petrified. Then you get on this ship. And then you're traveling. You're seasick. You have never been out that far in the water before. You're nauseous. You have people squished sitting next to you and all types of bodily fluids and things are being emitted. So you're nauseous. You're not feeling well. People are still screaming. People are still crying. And then people are starting to die. And you know why you can tell they're dying? Because you can smell it, right? Then you don't have any food. You don't have any water. And these people are coming down with this really, really weird language and they are really aggressive and they are yelling at you to do these things that you don't know what they're talking about. Okay, so you get to this new place. It's cold. You get to this new place. It don't smell like nothing you ever smelt before. You're seeing other people who don't look like anything you've ever seen before. So then you start to have to do these uh, this work. Now, mind you, at home, you took care of your family. You didn't know about this other type of labor that you are now being forced to do. 
And if you didn't do it, you were hit. If you didn't do it, you weren't fed the nasty food that doesn't even agree with your digestive system. So you are in this new situation and you're like, what in the heck is going on? But you're trying to survive. And then your husband's not there and your babies are not there. You solo. After time passes, you are uh, visited, an unwanted visitation by this man. And now you are pregnant. Right. So now you halfway hate this person in your belly because it's not your husband's. So you're feeling some kind of way about it. Nobody's there to help you. The elders that you know in your village are not there to help you and help you through it. You're just doing it and you're still working and you're hot. You still don't like the food. You don't know what they're talking about in this language and it's cold. So you got a lot of stuff going on, but you say this baby is inside of me and I have to take care of this baby. So here we are, my guests in the studio, we are the babies. And if these people did not endure this foolishness and this pain and this horror and this drama, the way that I just described it, which is probably didn't even have anything to really do with it, it was probably 10 times way more horrific and intense then we would not be here. So when you hear somebody say in the, the slaves or you hear somebody say the uh, enslaved people, think of them as kidnapped people who were in their living rooms, minding their own business, eating their own food, enjoying their own family, enjoying the sun. And now they ain't. So think of it more like that. So with that, I'd like to introduce my um, studio guests here that are in the sanctuary. Now, we pretty deep in here today. Um <laughs> We have uh, Dr. Beverly Booker-Ama, and she's also my sorority sister, A. <laughs> and so Dr. Beverly Booker is a proud daughter of West Philadelphia and Hampton University, where the knowledge, passion, and commitment to work with students in and around liberation-based education was planted and nurtured for her. She has many years in K through 12 and at higher education levels. And her last, and she's now a professor at Howard University. Yes. So she'll talk more about that. She is also the humble wife. And I like that she said she's the <laughs> humble wife of a son of Ghana and considering Ghana to be her second home. OK, we'll talk more about that. And then I also have Diallo Sumbri. And Diallo is a courageous creative, connected, authentic, visionary leader, a native Trentonian, which means he's from Jersey. So Al, Jersey's in the house. Trenton in the um, building. Okay. And a proud honorary Washingtonian and a Pan-African man. His passions and life mission are intricately intertwined and underscored in education, the arts, business, and connecting African people throughout the diaspora. And then we also have Miss Imani Spencer, and she is a senior at Howard University. And then last but totally not least, we have Professor Beckford, who is a professor of journalism at Howard University. So we'll talk about more about why they're all here. But welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And everybody you. just breathe, because that was a lot. That was a lot. So let's start with you, Beverly. Dr. Ama, let's start with you and let's talk about how you um, got involved with um, taking students to Ghana. Mm -hmm. uh, well, my first 
my first trip to the continent was in 2008. So just, you know, as an aside, I always tell students I'm so proud of them. I was 33 when I went. Right. And so for them to be 20, 19, 21 is amazing. And it really changes the trajectory of their life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had a mentor when I was at San Diego State in California when I was a professor there who did ASB um, South Africa. Okay. And she invited faculty of education to go and take their students. And so I went with them for several years doing that. So that was really my first exposure to ASB in California and just the process of taking students abroad. Um, fast forward to um, then I went to California State Long Beach and they were in their 10th year of doing this work. And she said, you know, Beverly, we never took students to uh, West Africa. We've always took, taken them to South Africa. Okay. So in this 10th year, we're going to take them to Ghana. And I was a professor at Cal State Long Beach, and I asked her, Dr. Weber, can I shadow you so I can learn to do what you do? Right. And so another graduate student and I, we galvanized other students and created ASB Ghana Long Beach. And it was just transformative for right. students. And mm-hmm. so it really sparked turning it into an organization that would keep running. Uh, One of the things that the students had vision to, we set up an executive team. And one of the things they said, and I said, well, you might not necessarily stay at one university. And so we should make this an organization. Mm -hmm. So in 2000, so we went in 2012, 2013, we planted the seed to eventually have this become a nonprofit. Okay. Um, And that's where 3GC Give, Gain, Grow Collaborative was born. Okay. Um, And so it took some years to Mm -hmm. turn it into a nonprofit. Um, I did a Fulbright in Ghana um, in 2015, 2016, taking students every year since then. After that, I got the opportunity to, um, got invited to come to Howard. And so, you know, I, you know, exposed, I guess, to say um, ASB Ghana to Howard and had students. And so we took them twice, um, two years in a row. And so this year we've turned ASB Ghana Long Beach into a nonprofit. Okay. Um, And so this year we're taking eight different universities in the spring and the summer. Okay. So we've grown from 12 students in one year to now we're taking 45 in one year in the spring and summer. Um, So we're really passionate about this work. And one thing is it's student-led, student-driven. Okay. uh, Because it's really about promoting their leadership as Mm -hmm. emerging Pan-Africanists. Okay. Um, And so I'm glad to have Mr. Beckford as one of the faculty um, advisors with us and Imani as one of the students um, to really talk about our passion with this work. So let me ask you this because in Diallo's uh, bio and you just used the word pan-Africanist, what is that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, there, there are different um, definitions to pan-Africanism, but the general definition is uh, pan-Africanism is a framework of movement to liberate all black people in the diaspora, all people of African descent from the binds that, you know, cause us strife in terms of economics, social issues, political issues, everything. Um, And it's the idea that we have to work together across the whole globe um, to Mm -hmm. really be free. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's one of the things Dr. Carr said, Dr. Greg Carr, that is a phenomenal professor um, at Howard University, we were on a panel together for Uganda and the students asked, 
what's the the sole way to liberate ourselves? And he said, it's only Pan-Africanism. Mm. It's only us unifying together. And so, you know, Diallo is unifying, you know, elders and, you know, people that are in the workforce. And so our passion is also taking students and so bridging that together um, for them to see how they can be pan-Africanists in their jobs. Mm -hmm. If you're a journalist like Amani is going to become, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, how do you be how do you become a pan-Africanist in everything that you do? Okay. So Diallo, let's talk about the Adinkra group and the year of the return that you are facilitating. Right. So um, first I would probably say that my introduction to the African continent happened in 88. I went to Senegal with my Munake to West African Drum and Dance Company out of New York. Okay. Being born and raised in Trenton. Um, I'd like to say I have the benefit of being one of the, the chosen few who from birth uh, was raised in independent African-centered institutions. Really? Okay. Yes. What does that uh, mean? So an independent African-centered institution means you do not accept funds from the government or anyone else, and your everything is taught from an African-centered worldview. Okay. So you learn that math, astronomy, science came from Africa and where it came from Africa. Okay. You learn that Africa is a continent with 54 countries mm-hmm. with thousands of languages and dialects. And you learn very early about the Pan-African thought leaders. So I grew up learning and reading Chancellor Williams, Dr. Ivan Van Sertema, mm-hmm. Dr. John Henry Clark. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm and your a child. parents... Yes. Gave this. Okay. Right. So, so I was born into this. Okay. Um, the Council of Council of Independent Black Institutions is an organization that's been around for a while. Um, D.C. itself has three now, three or four independent African-centered institutions. My mother was the founder of the African People's Action School in Trenton, New Jersey. Wow. So I'm kind of, you know, so for me, it's just like it's always been just kind of a part of who I am. Yeah. Um, being a Pan-Africanist and... I would say a nationalist, a child of the 60s, you know, mm-hmm. growing up, we couldn't eat white rice, white sugar, or, <laughs> or, 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 or drink whole milk because right. it was white, you right. know what I mean? So <laughs> I, come from that, I come from that school of, of, um, of thought, the early vegetarians and vegans. For me personally, you know, I always say, you know, most people get to a crossroads. Dr. Beverly talked about college students. Um, and the benefit they have about discovering Africa, their culture, and their history right. at that level. And most people find themselves when they go to college. That's when mm-hmm. you kind of learn the truth and you get upset. You join student government. You, you know, I don't know, wash out your perm, get an afro. You just right, start right. saying, wait a minute, I'm black. I'm about to be more black than I thought I was before. <laughs> right. Um, um, so for me, it was just kind of always that thing. But then I think I got to a personal crossroads in my life where regardless of how you're raised, you still choose the path that you'll take. Right. Um, And I chose the path just because I felt like it was really a part of my spirit. Um, And my ancestors' voice is very, very loud in my ear. Mm -hmm. And honestly, they really wouldn't allow me to do anything else. Mm -hmm. So um, um, I happened to go to Ghana for the first time in 2014. Okay. Um, I had been throughout other parts of West Africa prior, mainly Senegal, Guinea-Conakry, studying djembe, djembe culture, uh, Malinke tradition, shouts out the memory of African culture, dance company, Conqueron. So through the arts. And I went um, to Ghana, and I really didn't even go to Accra. I was spent my time in Kaforja. And I went there just to kind of learn some of the traditional ways. And, it, and in 2016, I came back. And it was my first time in Accra. We went to Accra for about 48 hours. We did not sleep. It was just, you know, wow. We had a really good time. Mm-hmm. 
And it was after that, it just hit me. It was just like, you know, I called my boy Zulu, like, bro, can't come to Ghana for fun no more. This is work. This mm-hmm. is where, this is where the work needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And from there, just kind of set the path and started kind of doing trips and taking people. And um, so then I just, you know, I just really made a shift. Right. Uh, a good part of that shift for me was also uh, beginning to work with and do research on from AfricanAncestry.com. So mm-hmm. when I got my personal ancestry done, I think that was also a big shift for me from my, okay. my maternal. And what did you come up as? Um, Fulani uh, of present-day Nigeria on my maternal side and okay. the Teke of present-day Gabon on my paternal side. Okay. It's, you know, it was something that was just in me that I feel like also um, helped to kind of propel me. Right. So, you know, as luck would have it, timing would have it, and I think the ancestors deemed I was able to meet Mr. Kwesi Ajman, who's the current CEO of Ghana Tourism Authority here in D.C. Okay. Um, actually, Gina Page introduced me to him. Shout out to Gina. <laughs> yeah. And um, I had always had this vision of taking a go-go band to Africa because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big go-go fan. You know, okay. Shouts out to the Ibex, Black Hole, Eastside, mm-hmm. everybody from D.C. who know the real go-go. Mm-hmm. And um, so I began working on this project to take the Backyard Band back to Africa, and I just felt like it had to happen. Mm-hmm. Met with Mr. Ajman, partnered with the CEO, you know, with Tourism Authority. Mm-hmm. So we took Backyard last year. I saw it. We had about 75 Amazing. people that went. It was crazy. Right. Uh, and then from there, things kind of just started happening. You know, yeah. things started happening. And, you know, I had made a personal decision just to kind of tune in, listen to my ancestors, do what I was told, and just, you know, I just decided I would never figure out what would happen if I don't listen. Right. right. So, and I'm, and I'm saying that to say that I'm, you know, I'm still just taking orders and I'm taking direction. Right. So I can't really, you know, when people say, like, do you know what you're doing? I'm like, I guess. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I guess I'm being. Inspired action. I'm being inspired yes. action. I'm being led. So I'm, I'm happy to be a founding member of Ghana's Year Return uh, Steering Committee. Okay. Uh, and working with a, a good group of people who are Mr. Kwesi Ajman. He's the CEO of Ghana Tourism Authority. He's a coordinator. Okay. Mr. Kwesi Ababio, who is the um, director of the Office of Diaspora Affairs and the Office of the President. Mr. Reginald LeRae, who is uh, with Media Magic. Uh, Rabbi Kohane, executive director of the Panifest mm-hmm. Foundation. And Auntie A.C. Sutherland, who is the chair of the Panifest Foundation. Okay. Those were the, oh, I guess the, we were the, the original core. five who, right. before it's expanded now, okay. there's so many other people involved. Um, and it's, it's just grown to something that's really incredible. So this is amazing. for, this is a group that is steering for events and for experiences that happen in 2019. Yes. So, so so tell us about the year of the return. The right. year of so, return. So, so Ghana's year of return is a year-long series of events welcoming Africans of the diaspora home to Ghana. Okay. So the events are owned by various individuals and groups and their own people. And Ghana uh, has put its name on it and itself behind it and organized it as the year of return. Okay. So there, there have already been different conversations happening previous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if people are familiar with, with just what's happening in a pan-African world or what's mm-hmm. happening with regard to dual citizenship and everything else. What is happening? I think they, we don't <laughs> well, know. It's we ain't got that much time. <laughs> okay. So just give us in like two but, minutes, but, like but, the, but, the high level. But I think, I think uh, one of the things that's happening is black people all over the world is starting to realize what uh, colonizers have realized, and that's Africa is the center of the world. We already know what it is in terms of resources. Mm-hmm. One of my commitments to continue to go and do the work that I'm doing 
is in my travels, I kept seeing a lot of people there and I didn't see us. Yep. Now, there are tons of African-Americans and Africans of the diaspora in Ghana. In fact, Ghana has the most Africans of the diaspora living in country than any other African country. Okay. But I didn't see me. I didn't see the type of Pan-African as I am who might be listening to Future in his headphones with a baseball cap on some Mm -hmm. Nikes, dashiki, but also understand the work. You know what I mean? Okay. So I did, I joined in to be like, yo, we need more of us. Mm -hmm. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of us, but we need more of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need more people in my generation, my son's generation, the generation behind me, college yeah. students, you know what I mean? So it's, um, for me, it's just a blessing to be a part of it, mm-hmm. to help to, you know, just push this movement. Okay. Uh, the last thing I'll just say real quick is, you know, my personal mission in life, just, I know that the reason I'm living is to help connect people of, of, of African descent with the African continent because I know what it would do for all of us. Mm -hmm. I know that we have things they need. Mm -hmm. I know that they have things we need. And I think we need to be responsible for flattening that double-sided coin of colonization. Colonization Mm -hmm. affected continental Africans in one way and it affected those of us Mm -hmm. over here in another way. And we need to be the one to lead that bridge building Mm -hmm. to tell our own stories, have conversations with each other and figure out Right, because and this is the last thing I'll say. Otherwise, we 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 we, we can go. Is that <laughs> is that you know, in doing this work, the main thing that I realize is Ghana does not have an African or Black nation state to go to and say we want to offer your citizens citizenship in Ghana. Mm-hmm. If you're Black in America, you American. You cooped in with America, so they can't isolate. Or it's a different thing to isolate people of African descent. Yeah, It can probably easily happen in the islands and other places like that. Mm-hmm. But there is no black nation state that represents this historically unique group of people that have been kidnapped that you talked about. Mm-hmm. You, see, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So this work that we're doing is multi-generation. Like yeah. all of us need to be thinking nine generations deep. If we not, yeah. we misstepping. Like it's real work. I'm a continuation of... Dr. Ama's work, of Teresha Kwachi, of Brother Tokes, like of all of these other elders, y'all are a continuation of our work. Like it's a continuum yes. and I just feel like um, I'm in my time, Yep. you know what I mean? Yep. And I'll do this until I expire yep. and then somebody else will pick it up somebody and continue after. So I can, I can totally like agree and vouch for when you go to the continent, how it changes you and how it right. changes your perspective. So in 2000, so I am adopted, right? So I didn't have really like a frame of reference of who I was in general. I was raised by an amazing adoptive family and it was fine, but some of them looked alike and I ain't look like them, right? <laughs> so as I, when I turned 18, I did my biological search, found out where I'm from, but I still wanted more, right? So in 2007, as a gift, I was given the African ancestry like kit right and so it was still new technology for them they were only like four years old at that time and I took the test and then the day that I got the results back I came home from my adopted dad's funeral and came home to the mail on the bed and what I said to myself was one chapter is closing at, you know, in this way in the physical realm and this next chapter is opening and it came up on my maternal um, biological side that I was from Cameroon, the Mafa people, which are in the extreme north of Cameroon. 
that ain't mean nothing to me really. I was like, I'm from Cameroon. Uh, now what? Right? right. Fast forward to, you know, I did a few Google searches. Ain't nothing up there on them, right? Fast forward to 2015. Now what? I'm 45. So you talked about going to, you know, the continent at 33 and you, Imani, as a young student. I was 40 freaking five before I was able to go. Now, I'd always known Cameroon, right? And so I just said out loud at an event, I'm going to Cameroon. My girlfriend, Janae, shout out to Janae, said, I'm going too. Nice. She said, when you going? I was like, <laughs> I just said I was going. I was just putting it out there. She said, come with me. Got connected to the ambassador through Gina Page. Mm -hmm. They gave me a naming ceremony at Howard University, which is the name is Goizam, which is the beloved one. Went to Cameroon. Um, shout out to Raul Ketty, who helped to facilitate it. But they pretty much paid for everything besides my flight. And we went on tours and we went to Bimbia, which is the last place where people from Cameroon were before they were on the ships. So it totally changed my life. And I actually went to the beach, Bimbia, um, Lembe Beach, and I wrote my name in the sand. And I said, thank you to my grandmother who went through all that stuff that I said in the beginning, getting mm -hmm. snatched from her house and then having these babies that she probably really wasn't that excited about, but I'm here. Right. And so I was digging in my little, you know, like when you travel and you got your little backpack of all your little stuff. I had a piece of ginger that was stuck to the bottom <laughs> and a penny. And so what mm -hmm. I did was I made those my offerings. The penny was because now I'm changed. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the ginger was because it was bittersweet. And then I gave my, you know, my, I said, thank you. And then I went about my way, but my whole life was changed then. And so not everybody around me is down. Right. They know what I'm doing and they're like, okay, that's Wendy doing her Wendy thing. Yeah. But I believe I am here in this continuum at this specific time doing the stuff I am doing to help facilitate it in my own way. Because I believe that when we know who we are and when we're, we're able to move differently and I was so shocked to see the colonization of Cameroon. Mm -hmm. I go there and I see all types of images I ain't never thought would be in Cameroon. So it's really funny. Diallo on his page said or in a post um, something about when the Americans go right, with their dashiki. So tell them what you said. <laughs> well, I said, I said, I said, you know, people who, who talk, of, you know, get rid of your thoughts of what you think Africa should be. Right. Mm -hmm. Because when you go, you, you're going to have this concept. But then you might be like this. Yo, her wig better than mine. Like, and she changed her wig every day. They got weaves. They got this. They got that. And this facade, the physical thing that you see, a lot of people connect with what they consider to be an African thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So people will go. So if, if you feel like makeup is not an African thing, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> if you feel like weaves and wigs is not an African thing in your mind, you might be disappointed. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I um, I had somebody, I did a meet and greet for a group that's going with me in February. We have 85 people going okay. in February. Okay, and I want to talk with, about with that. Our, with our Back to Africa trip. Okay. And one, he was like, hey man, is there some... YouTube links or things I could look up, you know, just to, and I said, you know, just Google Ghana. It's, mm -hmm. it's out there, but we don't suggest it. Okay. We want you to go open yeah. with an open mind. Yeah. And we want you to allow the experience that you have to define itself 
because the experience you have is going to meet you where you are. Right. Not where I'm at. Right. The experience I have is different right. than the experience you're going to have. So, And we That's want smart. you to have the experience meet you where you are and then let you find for yourself the part of Africa that speaks to you, the part of Ghana right. that speaks to you. And, right. actually, you know, Ghana just really makes sense. It's the first independent African nation. Uh, uh, 75% of all of the slave castle dungeons on the West Coast are located in Ghana. Uh, when, you th- when you look at Ghana's history of Pan-Africanism and its connection with the United States and other Africans of diaspora, when you look at the black star and the flag coming from Marcus Garvey, mm-hmm. W.B. Du Bois, Bird, I mean, Ghana, because people are like, why are everybody going to Ghana? What's up with Ghana? Ghana. Ghana's also the closest country that to the center of the earth, mm-hmm. to zero degrees longitude and latitude. And I would dare to say to people that if you are connected, and I'm not talking about through a church or through a mosque or through a religious belief, mm-hmm. but if you are connected, your personal spirit, yeah. connected to the creator, when you touch down, you will feel it. Yep. And you will be able to absorb it. You yep. will be able to, it's like solar energy. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to absorb that, churn it, and do something with it to manifest. I took a picture of myself getting off of the plane of my foot. <laughs> and I did a video of me landing, and I have the time stamp. And that heat hit me like, and, it, and the smell was different. But I, I, I captured that moment. Felt it. I felt it. So let's talk to Imani. Imani is a senior at Howard University. And have you been already? I have not been yet. Okay. So let's talk about what you're feeling, how you're preparing, and mm-hmm. why you thought it was important for you at such a young age Thank to you. go. Whew. Thank you for having me yes. this morning. Brother Diallo, you spoke about ancestral instruction. And for myself, I know that I'm doing exactly what my ancestors have ordained for me to do. I am the first in my immediate lineage to do a number of things, and I give thanks for that, such as um, obtaining a degree at Howard University. But I will also be the first to return to the continent. And for me, I'm sorry, I'm getting very emotional. I'm stirring up, but... um, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful because this is what I've been called to do. And um, when I touch down on the continent on March 4th, it won't just be me. Yeah. So, you know, you're speaking about what expectations to have and what not to have. I do have one expectation, and that is to be moved. Mm -hmm. And that is to release any baggage that has weighed down my people and my bloodline for however many years, 400 Mm -hmm. or less Mm -hmm. or more. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So mm. take your picture of your foot. Do yes. that. <laughs> capture that. Down. Yeah, capture that. Because gotcha. that's that's in perpetuity. Okay, so we got 30 minutes. So, Professor, tell us why you think, how you got involved with this and why you think it's important to take the students. Um, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's funny. Um, I went into the study abroad office um, because, you know, don't, don't judge me. I was trying to take some students to London to Arsenal Football Club because yeah. that's my favorite football club. And it, it wasn't working out. So the director of the center, um, uh, Ms. Uh, Tanaya Nava, said, um, she asked me what some of my like interests were. And I said, you know, 
um, you know, Ghana because I went there in 2016 with my wife. Um, okay. We visited our friend from grad school and then she told me that uh, Dr. Booker was taking some students there, but it was too late to, you know, go as a faculty, meaning get my trip paid for. Yeah, man. So um, I was like, oh, man. But I, I was like, when I spoke to Dr. Booker, you know, her enthusiasm inspired me and I was like, I needed to... Because I'm on tenure track, so I needed to do research. But what I do is, um, we call it creative work. So I'm a journalist, so I do articles. So I just, you know, I, I stayed in touch with my friends there. So um, I asked them if they had any story ideas for me to do, so I could try to pay for to go with the with the with the trip. And um, so I got two ideas, which are about to be published this year. One is about. Um, how Ghana has solved the issue of pre-trial detention um, for their country by instituting uh, these mobile courts that like reduce their remand population. Mm -hmm. And then I did another story about uh, African-Americans and people, Ghanaian-Americans who moved back to the um, country and how it sort of boosted their technology sector. Wow, so, okay. So now, you know, because I guess I did such a decent job, um, <laughs> Dr. Booker approached me because, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was like, okay, that was it. But she approached me and asked me to come this year. So, you know, this is this is going to be my my fourth time in Ghana. Okay. You know, I went um, in 2016 with Dr. Booker. And then when I went with Dr. Booker, you know, just like Diallo and, you know, you guys say, for me, as Diallo said, it's not just fun anymore. It's business. You know, I was like, I need to, you know, do something. So, you know, I, I teamed up with um, a group, you know, I had friends from Ghana, from grad school, people who I met there. And, you know, we put an event on, like a Jamaican um, Ghanaian event on in December. And, you know, I'm going back now and I hope to go back again. So, you know, mm -hmm. but on a, you know, on a, a spiritual side, you know, as, you know, everybody say, you come to your own awakening at different times. And yep. for me, you know, I'm from Jamaica, so it was when I was in undergrad at the University of the West Indies. I did a course about how the retention of our, of African um, cultures and how people who were enslaved, you know, how they found different ways to retain their um, their identity, and that inspired me. You know, because even when I was growing up, the school at the high school that I went to, I was. You know, all of my friends are cool, but in Jamaica, you know, we have a we have a colorist um, type of society yep. that's based on race. Yep. And you know, but somehow I was like, yo, I know I'm as good as these guys who are my friends if they're listening, and better than these guys, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt like going to undergrad and learning that sort of gave me that it buttressed myself this internal self belief that I had, and then now learning and getting it, you know. The reasons for all of that behind it is great. So, you know, Ghana is, you know, everybody here who's been to Ghana, it's just, you know, I used to always joke with my, my wife that, you know, I'm from Ghana. She's like, oh, no, you're from Nigeria. You're too tall to be Ghanaian. <laughs> <laughs> no. And we did we did our, our ancestry, not through African ancestry, which I should, but... But my, you should. Which okay, I should. Okay. Take right. the right test. Yeah, the right test. That right, yeah. the right <laughs> test. Um, but my ancestry came... I mean, I probably won't take another test because my ancestry came back 100% African. Yeah, but you knew that. No, but, you know, sometimes you get 98% versus... Mm -hmm. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's crazy. 
Um, I joked that I almost divorced my wife because she was 98%. <laughs> but, um, we apologize to her on the yeah, mic, bro. Yeah, no, no, I'm joking. Right no, I'm <laughs> but the thing is that, you know, it's we all know that there's something within us that, you know, sometimes we can't answer, but. You know, I would encourage, you know, what Dr. Booker does, what Diallo does, what you do is so important because, you know, people need to know that there's another choice. There's another option, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know Mm -hmm. it's not easy. I know it's not um, to go back. I know that, you know, it's, you know, not the cheapest, but people just need to know that there's another option. Even if to visit, to take a break, there's another option that you can go back you know, that's outside of what we're all exposed to. You know, even as people from the islands, from the Caribbean, people from, you know, the West, from Europe, there's another option that you can go to. And I'm really happy that this is happening, that we can take students back, that people can go back because they get to see, you know, and Ghana is a good starting point and you can, you know, expand to the West, to the rest of um, Africa that, you know, there's something else where, you know, you can go and, just be who you you know just be, be yourself. Who you are. So yeah. I want to just hit on that money piece right quick. So if, if you're supposed to go, and during the time you're supposed to go, you're going to get the money mm-hmm. because the ancestors are going to make a way. It happened for me too. So I said I went to Cameroon 2015. Nine months later, I went to Kemet with Tony Browder on his field trip. I don't know where that came from. I hadn't even thought about it. And I actually felt like, because I just went, that I didn't deserve to go. Mm -hmm. But once I got past the, if I deserve to go, heck yeah, I deserve to go. So now I want to go and do this. I need to go back. So it happened. So let's take that part off the table about the (laughs) finances, because we spend $3 trillion here in the United States, black people. So we spend the money on things that we want to spend money on. So, Dr. Booker. I I wanted to say, um, Wendy, Sister Wendy, you're so um, right. We we have to make choices. What I did want to give a plug for about students is, like um, Amani said, you know, we have a lot of first-generation college students and, Mm -hmm. and just students in general. I told them if... Back in the day, if Hampton costs what it costs now, I'm not sure I could go. Right. You know? And so it's different now. College tuition is so different. So for black students, um, we are at 6% of doing study abroad compared to all other groups. Yeah. And just 12% of all students that do study abroad go to the continent of Africa. So mm-hmm. there's a huge gap. Mm-hmm. And so Dr. Janetta Cole, who's a SOAR, mm-hmm, talks mm-hmm. about that the number one block to having black students go to the continent is finances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if we as communities help take finances out the way, and so that's what 3GC does. We're trying to raise money for students in all different ways, our website, initiatives that we do to take that out the way. Yes. Um, because they need to go. And most mm-hmm. of the times when they go, they're like, okay, how do I go back? Right. I, right. We have a student now, shout out to Emmanuel, who's the president of 3GC. Okay. Um, he just graduated from Howard. Um, mm-hmm. And he is in Ghana working with Antique Lemonade. Shout out to Franca Ando, um, who gave him an internship mm. to help her and her company with social media branding. Mm-hmm. And so he had gone twice, and it, it just sparked something gotcha. in young people. They say, okay, now, Dr. Booker, Mr. Beckford Diallo, um, Sister Cherry, 
I need to find a way to go back. Right. And so it's important as elders and as a community that we make a way for them to go mm-hmm. the first time. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you raise your money, Imani? I have not completed raising all of my funds at this point. Okay. Um, I actually just started a Facebook fundraiser last night. So okay. shout out to everyone who has given to and me. And where can they find it? Where can the listeners find that? Yes. So you can hashtag help me serve and scribe in Ghana. So Scribe, S-C-R-I-B-E, because I will also be there to write and report with Professor Beckford on climate change that's affecting a community in uh, in Ghana on the coast. Okay. So myself and many other students are still raising funds. Mm-hmm. And for those of us that are going in the spring, we have a deadline of February 15th. Mm-hmm. So that's about 12 days from mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely appreciating everything that people are giving to us this time. And we we have a donate um, button on our webpage. So if st- people go to to www.weare3gc.org slash donate. They also can give toward our student travel. Okay. I, I wanted to make a, dis- I just need to make a, dis- a distinction to some disclaimers because <laughs> it's important. I think uh, when I'm here in an official capacity as the president and CEO of the Adinka Group, but I am a member of the Year of Return Steering Committee. And it's okay. important to say that uh, His Excellency Nana Akorfado came here September 28th and he did claim Ghana's year of return and put his stamp on it from the Mm -hmm. office of the president, the highest office of the Republic of Ghana. And that this um, year of return steering committee is under the auspices of the Honorable Catherine Afeku, who is the Minister of Tourism, Culture, and Arts in Ghana. Okay. And again, I mentioned the CEO of Ghana Tourism Authority as well as the Office of Diaspora Affairs. So it's important for me to say that. Mm -hmm. It's also important for me to say that I'm not an agent of the Ghanaian government. I'm an independent Mm -hmm. individual and person. I travel on my own funds. Mm -hmm. I'm completely 100 independent and free. Okay. (laughs) And I think that because we're here on uh, on the radio, and it's important for me to say that, and and that I'm doing the things that I'm doing of my own volition. You know what I mean? And I'm not working for anyone you know mm-hmm. people always ask well, who do you work for do you work for I'm like no nah, I work for myself I work for my family I work for God right so it, it, was, it was important for me just to say that I should have said that at the beginning and I mentioned some names yeah and those were just that core group of individuals who I think probably mm-hmm. first sat around a table and said well it should be called the year of return but I think people should also know that the concept of the year of return is much older than what Ghana's doing mm-hmm. a lot of okay. people because of the biblical reference and a lot of Pan-Africanists and other people who've been watching have been saying for a long time that 400 years is coming up mm. in 2019. Gotcha. And mm. I think it's also important to say that no one owns the idea of 400 years and that uh, uh, most of us should be expanding our, our thinking in that hoping that, for me personally, that other African countries also boost their tourism visits during yeah. this year and people begin to travel to the continent. Right. You know, or, 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 wherever it is that you're going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to do your research, to yep. make sure that you're, um, that you research well, that you vetted everything well. Yeah. And that wherever that you go, you know, you kind of find your place and you touch down because Ghana is the center of attention and it's going to be because it has that magnetic draw. Right. right? Regardless of mm-hmm. the marketing, it just, it just has mm-hmm. that draw. It's easy to get to. It's English speaking. Okay. So there are a number of things and with the year of return, 
Uh, there was just a press conference not too long ago in Ghana where we know Ghana's expecting between 350,000 and 500,000 visitors. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just wanted to, to make that distinction. Thank to, you to for say that, that yes. the year return mm-hmm. does have a website and a contact and a mm-hmm. manager. Her name is Annabelle McKenzie. If anybody's interested Another in... Another <laughs> Okay. And, uh, <laughs> Deltas do it. <laughs> uh, uh, if anybody's interested in volunteering, being a part of it, mm-hmm. you should email support at yearreturn.com. Okay. Um, and you can get in touch with, with Annabelle. We actually met Annabelle when the Ghana Tourism Authority okay. came here in March. And, it's phenomenal. And, and our Unork, in our unique... On our New York stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you can go to yearofreturn.com. Okay. Yearofreturn.com to see all of the events that are happening throughout the year. Check it often, bookmark it. Those events are being updated. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually just sent out another call for events. Okay. Um, so, so, you know, keep the ideas coming. And, and I would just tell people, whenever you go, because people say, always ask me, when is the best time to go? When yeah. is the best time to go? If I can say something about two things about what Diallo said. Uh, one, about your call for events. So 3GC is partnering with True Culture University. Um, shout out to the University of Ghana and uh, Miles Austin, who founded True Culture University, which is really about spreading Pan-Africanism to their generation through digital means, social media, journalism. And so we are having um, March the 8th and 9th a Pan-African Student Summit, which is an official year return event. Um, And it's gonna be panel speakers, you know, keynote speaker. I'll be in Ghana. Okay, so we'll look forward to you being there. Um, And we're also gonna have um, a service day with the African American Ghana Association, the Caribbean um, Association of Ghana, um, 3GC, True Culture, and all of the Pan-African student groups at the different universities, University of Cape Coast, University of Ghana, and we're going to do service at one school site for students with disabilities. Um, and so this represents how young people come together and make plans for the future. Mm. Um, they're going to talk about economics. They're going to talk about entrepreneurship. They're going to talk about the importance of civic engagement. Okay. And what's their role going forward? So this is March the 8th and 9th. So we're very grateful for that. And so I wanted to also say something about what Diallo said, nobody owns it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I was, you know, happy inside to hear him say that. The idea of this work, like he said, and I've already heard so much about Diallo before meeting him today, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just his visionary leadership. But, you know, this is Pan-Africanism is a movement. Mm-hmm. And just like he said, most of my time um, I'm working on 3GC with everybody else, the students, the faculty, our team. Um, and it's free because I do the work free because the ancestors call for it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we have to do as a community is not be, as Diallo said, not feel like you own it, not have a capitalist mindset because Pan-Africanism talks about we need to dismantle capitalism and look at something else because it doesn't work it doesn't for black work. and brown people. Right. Um, but we have to be um, celebratory for one another and our success because Diallo's success is our success. Right. Um, True Culture University's success is our success. Goddess Awakening success is our success. 3GC success is Diallo's success. Mm -hmm. And so it has to be all of us working together to move forward. Um, And I think 
Mr. Beckford said it, Professor Beckford said it, I tell students all the time, one of the reasons I do this work, because I want you to know you have options. Yes. Our ancestors sacrificed, and for a lot, they didn't have options. Mm -hmm. You have options. And so that's why this work is important for you to go and connect mm -hmm. to home. Yes. So you know you have a other, another option than our ancestors had. Right, right. And it's by their grace that we have it. Can I plug a few events? Yes, you can plug a few events, and that's what I wanted to do. Oh. I wanted to ask you what happens when they go on your trip, because we just kind of right. got an overview of your trip, but right. I want to know about Afrochella, too, so go ahead. <laughs> so, so, I mean, Afrochella is not my event, yeah. but I am uh, uh, friends with, 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 with the people who created it and organized it. So our trip are called Birthright Journeys. Yes. Um, and... You know, we call our movement the birthright movement, and that's simply because we believe that everything Africa is and have to offer is ours simply because we were born as descendants of Africa. Yep. Um, so, so, so during our birthright journeys, when we first started doing this, one of the first things we did is reach out to African ancestry and said, we don't want to just do trips and tourism, but we want people to be able to take their African ancestry test, and we want to be able to tell them where they're from while we're on the continent. We feel like right. that'll be a big impact. And that is above the percentage. You already knew you was African. So African ancestry gives you the African ancestry gives you the people. Right, right. Some other people give you the percentages and then they give you stuff to the FBI. Right, right. So 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 you know, when I started doing this and I and I say this, I had to choose because I couldn't serve two masses. And I think I had the opportunity in the beginning to make this somewhat of a strictly 100% personal business venture or to just kind of serve the greater good. Mm -hmm. And um, I think my bank account and my pockets was like, let's get this money. <laughs> and the ancestors was like, ah, don't worry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Don't worry. You will have if, what if, you if, need. Do you want money or do you want the source of money? Yeah, you know what I mean? kind the of energy thing. of money. So, so I have some events and I'm always talking about the bigger picture more than my particular events and tours and I need to just plug them. Yep. So, we we curate personal trips to to Ghana anytime throughout the year. Anybody okay. that wants to go, small groups or large groups. Okay. Our particular event that's a part of uh, the uh, year of return is called Back to Africa. Okay. It's February twenty fifth to March eighth. This year we have Raheem Devon and West Felton of Crossroads mm -hmm. traveling with us. Wow. We also have Black Alley traveling with us. Wow. And then we have the magnificent, undeniable Fadafina Khan Sound of Africa, which is our drum and dance yeah. ensemble. Mm -hmm. So. On February 26th, when they step off the plane, you know, it's 85 people from the ages of six through 60-something, Okay. you know, all coming to, 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 to enjoy. I am also want to give a, give a shout-out to some good brothers who are friends of mine, the Omega Psi Phi Tau uh, Chi chapter of Ghana, West Africa, and they're hosting the Republic Week, wow. inviting all Greek, black Greek fraternities to come to Ghana. Wow. And there's another mm -hmm. event... Um, that I'm also a part of called Jamestown to Jamestown, which is happening in August. Mm. And we haven't put all of the details fully out, but it's August uh, 19th through August 28th because we have some, some other partners, high-level partners, and we'll be launching it very, very soon okay. where we will be taking people to Port Comfort in Jamestown first on August 19th, and then the next day we get on a plane, fly to Jamestown, and go to Jamestown, Accra. To, wow. the, to, to the ocean, the water, do a ritual. We have an African-American Business and Investment Summit wow. that's happening there as well. It's also the time where uh, a crazy die will happen at Manchia Palace. So mm -hmm. it's a, but you can find out all of this information on our particular website. You can reach us at theadinkragroup.com mm -hmm. 
or birthrightmovement.com. You can follow us on social media at the Adinkra Group mm-hmm. um, everywhere. Um, you know, once you reach out, I'm pretty open and I try to, you know, I talk to a lot of people mm-hmm. <laughs> all day. So I, I like to feel like I'm very reachable and approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I just got an apartment in Accra. So it's oh, like, wow. I'm, you know, I, like you mentioned something about about money that I wanted to, to yeah. that I wanted to say. And yeah. You said it'll come. Yeah. And one of the things that I want us as a people to do is to hold on to that concept and know that it will come, but also begin to tap into our personal power and and to really understand what happens when you move with intention. Yeah. Because I, I my first time in Ghana was 2014. Right. And I came again in 2016. Then the next year I was there four times. In 2018, I was there eight times. Wow. And if you would have told me that I would have met the president of Ghana twice, the vice president, and be working with mm-hmm. at this level now, right? I wouldn't have believed you. But last year, from the first of the year to the end of the year, was probably the first year of my life that I set a very specific intention. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I do the spiritual work behind the intention. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's very important for us to to move with intention into no $3,000 $3,500 $4,000 is not a lot of money because I even though I'm not a CPA can go through your receipts from last year and find that $4,000 I know I can with most people because we don't think about it mm-hmm. you know what I mean that fifth that that 10 minute Uber that was a 30 minute walk that you did 30 times that was $10 is, is a trip. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those yeah. Jordan 12s, <laughs> you know what I mean? For me back in the day when I used to, you know, I used to smoke a whole lot of weed and, <laughs> and drink a lot. And when I used to wake up and look at my, my, my receipts yep. from the bar, I was like, something has to change. Yeah. Something happened for me yeah. just in my personal life. So I just yeah. wanted to say that Thank you. the money will come, yeah. but let's also begin to say, I'm going to do this, yeah. put a plan down on paper, yeah. and right. make it happen. I promise you, the average person, if you begin to plan 12 to 9 months out, you can get there. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. So, I wanted to talk about, so you said you have an apartment there, but Dr. Beverly, you are building there. Mm-hmm. So, tell us about that, and tell us about like the expats, because I know that there are lots of expats there. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that whole culture, because I am familiar with the expats, the black people who are in Thailand. There's a whole movement of the mm-hmm. black packers. They're young millennials and they are there creating their own mm-hmm. um, you know, community. They welcomed me in. I was only there for a few days, but they welcomed me in and they are tight. So tell us about what that looks like in Ghana. Well, as Diallo said, um, Ghana has the largest number of diasporans. Um, living on the continent. And I think, Diallo, if I'm correct, it's about 5,000 um, right now. Um, so it's, it's pretty large and yeah. pretty diverse. Um, and so, you know, many sector, many different sectors um, of the workforce, what you find with a lot of expats that move um, in Ghana, I think encourages this and other countries encourage this, the idea of entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. right? Just like the states, Ghana, other places, um, jobs that already exist are hard to get. Yeah. And so what they ask is that you come creating new jobs um, for yourself, but also other people. So you find that a lot of um, expats in Ghana are um, very creative, mm-hmm. um, innovative, um, creating new ways to do things, social justice issues that we um, struggle with. 
you find the gamut. The divine nine is there. All the sororities, fraternities are there. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the Deltas are there. Mm -hmm. um, doing amazing service. Omega Sci-Fi has a formal chapter there. Wow. Um, uh, you find, you know, every, you know, walk of life there. Um, what I would like to find there, which Diallo talked about, is, like you said, the everyday us from America that can find a way to move there. Okay. Because it it just is transformative. You feel different. Sometimes hearing my student Emmanuel, you know, talk to us when we have class about his experiences. You know, as a black man in America, your your level of freedom is just different walking in Ghana in Accra yes. compared to walking in Washington DC yeah. or Philly. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it's just completely different. Uh, we, you know, have um, land and so we're building small, mm -hmm. um, trying to build a home in Ghana. Um, and so, you know, at some point we hope to move to Ghana permanently, but mm -hmm. still go back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that you all talked about, about um, ancestry, um, I wanted to talk about the importance of all of us traveling to the continent. And like you all say, you might travel different places. Mm -hmm. When I was in Kemet, um, my mentor, she took us to Egypt, Dr. Shirley Weber. And a student had to do a project and interview her. And so one of the things we asked her, we were traveling down the Nile on a ship, and we asked her, Dr. Weber, what's your favorite country um, in Africa of all the places? And she said, I don't have a favorite country in Africa. She said, for all African-Americans, we need to go. And she said, what it is is every country that you travel to in Africa as a kidnapped African, you discover another dimension of yourself. Yeah, And so, you know, it's important for us to go. Um, Ghana, for me, it wasn't my first country in Africa. It was my first country to West Africa, and it just felt like home. Yeah. And another mentor always says to me, you know, you don't have to try to figure it out so hard. Your, your internal spirit will tell you where you need to be. Right. And Ghana is just it for me. Right. It's just it for me. And That's so it's a, a passion. That's beautiful. We have three minutes. We have, so we have, I have another big project I'm working on. We have 30 acres in Senya Baraku in the central region, and we're developing the housing community now for this diaspora village. Mm -hmm. um, I've also had a conversation with a few banks there, particularly Fidelity Bank, about being able to source mortgage loans based on people's U.S. salary, their credit mm -hmm. score here, and things like that that don't happen there. So. I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, just plug and say, reach out to the Adinker group. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> we could just help at least plug you into other people, or if you're interested in what we're doing, you right. can figure out a way Absolutely. to join us, but we, we definitely can help plug you into um, mm -hmm. other folks there that are doing it, and I just think it's really, really, really important for me to say that, that um, you know, vet very carefully mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. make sure you do your research, yep. uh, particularly mm -hmm. when it comes to buying land and other things like that. But they're, yeah. they're you know, find your tribe. Mm -hmm. When you go to Ghana, find your tribe. Look up African American Association of Ghana. Go to IA Center, yes. Dr. Beverly, um, and just, you know, and work with those of us who are right. there. It will help you. Right. So now, where can people find you? And then we'll have, say, where you can find me at the Adinkra Group. Okay. Uh, you can also find me at Birthright Movement. If you okay. have WhatsApp, you can WhatsApp 202 286 2688. That's 202. 286-2688 on WhatsApp. Okay. Um, and then we'll, you know, Connect we'll, we'll you. be in touch. Okay. And then Imani, what are your last words? How are you, you know, you're about to go, your money's coming. How are you feeling? My last words would be that Sankofa is the only way. 
Okay. All right. Professor, last words. You know, um, I just encourage, especially in 2019, encourage anybody who is able to go to Ghana or back to the continent to make, you know, this is the perfect year to go. So, you know, I just encourage everybody to, you know, go back. You definitely won't um, regret it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Dr. Beverly. And I would just say shout out to our 45 students from the eight universities pushing to go. And so you can find us at www.weare3gc.org. Um, you can email us as contact at weare3gc.org. And as Imani said, our students are pushing. And so if you want to give um, and support us, please do give. And also with the Pan-African Student Summit. And like Imani said, Pan-Africanism, going home, is really the only way to our liberation. So come. So come, come home. Okay. And so my last thing is, thank you for joining me in the sanctuary. And I want to give a quote by Marcus Mosiah Garvey, the Honorable. A people without the knowledge of their past history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. So that's just something for you all to consider. Thank you. And we will see you next time in the sanctuary. Please follow us at Awaken and Heal on Instagram and on the web at goddess-awaken.com to follow the revolution.